Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. And so my career journey has really been about capturing opportunities as they presented themselves and pushing through any fear or doubt that I may have and leveraging relationships. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. So my next guest is Lakeisha Gunter. She's the Vice President and General Manager of Global IoT and Strategic Engagement at Microsoft. She's a visionary senior engineering executive with 15 plus years of leadership and management experience with a strong track record of leading high performing teams to deliver results. She also is a successful transformational leader with depth in technology development, leadership development, and business strategy. She is an inspirational leader and nationally recognized award-winning engineer and speaker with excellent communications, networking, and coaching skills. And on the side, she is the host of the highly rated Roar podcast. And on top of that, she's my good friend. Lakeisha, we are so thankful and so glad that you are on the Shark Effect podcast. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, it's so awesome to be here. And listen, I tell you, that introduction was amazing. How awesome would it be if I could walk into my office every day and they're like, <laughs> yay, Lakeisha's here. I love that. You're very kind. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> I will be blowing horns for you, you know, laying oh out God. the red carpet. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I love it. That's what a great teammate does. And we That's know you're right. a great teammate. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, you know, Lakeisha, I've, uh, I've known you for a while now, and, you know, I've heard your story. You know, we had some, some great conversations, and I just, like, man, I think about other people, male, female, uh, it doesn't matter in what industry. Mm-hmm. I think you, you have some, some really uh, great things that, that can be shared and that can teach people. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's what I'm all about. I want to be able to bring people on my podcast that are high performers and it can show us the way. And yeah. so um, I, I'm just so, I'm so excited to, to have everybody hear your story. 
Yeah, well, I tell you, I appreciate that. I'm so blessed, right? And I think you would agree too that we've just had some amazing people come into our lives and really help us kind of navigate this, you know, life and our careers. And so I'm certainly a product of a bunch of people who really invested time in me. So I'm just excited to be here to share anything that I can that will be of benefit and help to anyone else. My pleasure. Excellent. So, so tell us a bit about your background. I mean, where are you from? All what right, where am biggest, I from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of some of your biggest influencers uh, growing up. Yeah, I, this is a great question. I love to share. I'm so proud of where I've come from. And just again, just the, the many people that poured into my life. But the, the first influencer in my life that I, I, I would like to share with you, I would describe in two words, um, encourager, and I'd also call her mom. Um, my mom was a strong single mom of three, and she set an example of how to persist in the face of adversity. Um, she didn't allow challenging life circumstances and the environment to dictate her life story, so they definitely weren't going to dictate mine either. She, Alex, was my biggest cheerleader and supporter. Her dreams for me were big. Um, she really wanted me to see how big the world could be outside the small town I grew up in. And um, I grew up in a small town called Haines City, Florida, which is about a half hour west of Orlando. You know, whatever I had to desire to do or become, she encouraged me and she found a way to help me realize it. She recognized early that I had a love for math and science. Yep, you can call me a geek. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I had an insatiable curiosity about everything from trains to planes and everything in between. Um, you know, so at the age of 12, when I asked my mom for a computer for Christmas, she worked extra shifts as moms do, right? Mm -hmm. um, at her job to ensure that I could have the opportunity to learn everything I wanted to know about computer programming on a Commodore 64. I know I'm dating myself because- Oh man, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> Going way back, but that was my first computer. So my mom was equipping me with the right tools at a very early age to achieve my dreams. I'm reminded of the quote by Marilyn Monroe that says, give a girl the right shoes and she can conquer the world. Uh, and you know women love shoes, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was giving me my first pair of shoes that would set me on a path that would change my life ever. You know, growing up, um, my heroes also were Dr. King and Muhammad Ali. And, and Dr. King says, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And Muhammad Ali said, service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. So when I talk about influences, I have to talk about my grandparents. They were a huge influence in my life and they really modeled those two quotes every single day. They were a resource in my community for so many. If you needed help, you know, in any way, you could always come to my grandparents' home. And I saw that. They would always stand in the gap and meet the needs of others. They were examples of community, humility, empathy, and integrity. And, and that's what I picked up from them. My grandfathers you know, said, when you make a commitment to someone, you shake their hand and you deliver. Um, your word is your bond, and that's integrity. And um, you know, I know you, know you come from a military family, so I know you resonate very strongly with what I just said. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. You know, as I said, I grew up in a small town and, and you know, in small towns, everybody knows everyone mm -hmm. and everybody's business at the same time. <laughs> um, and they support each other like family. And so I have to talk about one of the another person that was a huge influence in my life. And that was Mrs. Sarah. She was my grandparents neighbor. She was like family to me. I was Miss Sarah's girl and I love being Miss Sarah's girl. That's what she called me. I went to church with her every Sunday, Alex, from the age of five until I went off to college, every Sunday. My mom would take me to my grandmother's house and I would ride to church with Miss Sarah. And I learned the golden rule from her, which was do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I learned the importance of developing faith, being honest, humble, and always operating with integrity. You know, these are a part of my core values today. And she reflected these values daily as so, as so, and so did my family. So when you ask me the biggest influencers, it's those three, there are many more. And again, there was so much value in growing up in a small town because the, the community embraced you. They loved on you. They enabled you to be successful. And when you did something wrong, before you could get home, the message was already sent. And I think, Ooh, you know, we, you understand what I'm saying. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Now that is great to be able to have like that foundation, right? You're talking about your, those core values and to have that, to have people kind of hold you accountable like you yeah. did with your, you know, strong, um, you know, your strong family. And Absolutely. that's so important. Yeah. Uh, yep. 
So, so you was very inquisitive. So, yes. <laughs> so my brother, so my brother was inquisitive and, you know, he was like, uh, I guess at an early age, kind of had that engineering type of mind. He was like, mm -hmm. he was kind of, you know, he liked to draw, but he also liked to, to tear things apart. <laughs> and so yes. at one point he had taken, he had taken apart our, our TV. So, you know, it was back in the day, we only had one TV and my dad was at work. <laughs> my mom was at work and he ended up taking, un, you know, took the screws out the TV to try to figure out how the TV worked. <laughs> and wow. he took it apart. He kind of, you know, kind of figured out a little bit and thank goodness he put it back together again before my, my dad came home. But, you know, from that, my mom ended up getting him, you know, back when uh, the Radio Shack, you remember you know, mm -hmm. Radio Shack with how to make radios? But yeah. that was his, that was his thing. And he spent days and hours trying to figure that whole thing out. Did you have any type of experience with that? Like with, um, you know, trying to figure things out, whether it's with, you know, math or, you know, something like that from, from Radio Shack? Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I you, of course I went to, we went to Radio Shack. I mean, that's where we got a lot of electronics and things like that to your point for Christmas. Um, I didn't take, now obviously, you know, my mom bought me all different types of toys where you can build different things. Um, I explored a lot with tinkering and building and, and problem solving through the Girl Scouts. You know, I was a brownie and a Girl Scout. And so, you know, again, it was always fun to earn those badges. You know, so what is it that you have to do? What is it have to, you have to create? How do you need to partner and team with the other Girl Scouts to earn the badges? And so that's where I also got the experience of being curious and putting things together. I never took apart the TV. Trust me, that would have required a beating by my grandmother or my mom. I know, yeah. yeah. And then again, you know, in the South, what's on TV most times is sports. And so you weren't getting anywhere near the TV to take anything apart, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so between my grandfather loving baseball and my uncles loving football um you know we were always glued to the tv um from for some sporting events so that was there was no chance of doing that um but if there were things to be put together um, my mom always said hey keisha can you put this together for me can you figure this out and of course yeah i can figure it out mom give me an opportunity to do that so you know my uncles um they tease me today and they say you know, as a young person, I really was truly had an insatiable desire to learn and for knowledge. And I would always ask them questions. And so when my mom would bring me to my grandmother's house, as soon as they saw my mom's car pulling up, they would run out of the house because they're like, she's going to ask me a million questions. <laughs> and we can't, nope, we're not going to have this, you know, Q&A with Keisha today. We're out of here. And so I was like, is that what you call love, guys? You guys just ran out of the house. Um, but they were, they were absolutely my biggest supporters and cheerleaders. So that, that's kind of how I grew up. And, you know, we spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Uh, my grandfather had a, a Sandlot baseball team. And so we traveled all over the state of Florida. And so we were, you know, you know, who doesn't love your grandparents? And so we were always just hanging on the legs of my grandfather and whatever he needed from a baseball perspective. It was when the Detroit Tigers came in for spring training, we went over and they gave him uniforms and bats and balls and all that. And whatever we needed to do to make the team successful as young people, that's what we did. So we really um, learned a lot um, on the on the job training, if that makes sense, around spending time with grandparents and having to figure things out, having to make sure we can enable them to be successful, doing little things for baseball games and things like that. So um, that's kind of how I was raised. Mm, I love that. So asking a lot of questions, right? What did those, some of those questions kind of surround when you talk about when your cousins used to come over? What type of questions did you, you know, it could be on anything, but it was always, well, now, why does that work that way, right? Mm -hmm. Well, well, why, why does he do that? Or, well, man, that doesn't make any sense. Well, why didn't they consider that, right? So it's like, <laughs> I would always unravel the situation and, and analyze. And they're like, listen, it is what it is, right? Let it go, <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. But it didn't matter. You know, it was um, around just learning whatever the situation or challenge was if my grandfather was you know trying to figure out how to 
support the the baseball league downtown or if it was something on tv where we had saw a tv show um, and maybe it was highlighting the nasa astronauts or something like that it was always a question for me um, one of my biggest role models growing up was dr macy jameson she was the first african-american woman astronaut to go off go up in space and so i just wanted to know everything about space and the space shuttle and how it was made and you know you know what is it you know did the engine burn the way they burn or how does how does it even fly how does it even you know leave the earth's atmosphere those were just questions that i had and not only did i ask my family but i asked my teachers and they encouraged me to be curious they encouraged me to go discover to go read to study to learn and to, to come and have those conversations with them um, because they really love students who love to learn and love to be engaged and to ask questions and to really kind of challenge the status quo. So I never had a problem going against the grain um, and asking questions around things that I didn't agree with, whether it was, you know, maybe how certain group of students were treated in, in high school, um, you know, whatever it was or why, truth be told, the only thing I read about in US history was that African-Americans were slaves. And I talked to my high school teacher, history teacher, Mr. Wilson. I said, Mr. Wilson, you and I both know that's not that's not true. He said, You're right, Lakeisha. And I said, Why can't we why can't we be exposed to the full history of African Americans and their inventions and uh, in medicine, um, you know, in farming, um, you know, in every aspect of our of our lives? They have been tremendous, you know, leaders and impacted our country you know, I can start going through a list of people and the things that they've done. And he said, you know what, that's an excellent question. He said, what do you want to do about it? I said, I want to change it. I want to have African-American history in the schools because I know where I came from. And I believe that all the students understood our heritage as African-American people, that maybe some of the kids that the, the teachers send to the office all the time, maybe they wouldn't get in trouble because they understand who they are mm -hmm. um, besides being labeled bad kids. And so he gave me a pass that day and he said, go for it. Go talk to the assistant principal for curriculum and i did she and i had a conversation in the office um you know i i carried a lot of favor in that i was a good student um you know respectable student um passionate about the high school and you know the impact that we could have in the community so whenever i went to the front office it was always sure lakeisha how can we help you and so she was very receptive to the conversation and she said if you want to have african-american history in the schools here's what you need to do you got to petition the student body and if there's enough interest then we will take it to the school district and as you can imagine um, some of my closest friends who were not african-american didn't agree with my push to bring african-american history in the schools i can't begin to tell you some of the feedback that i got but long story short because of my question because of, of an amazing history teacher mr wilson being open to having a conversation and understanding that our history is more than african-americans just being slaves and if they were slave here's what they created in this country right it was built on the institution of slavery and so he encouraged me to go drive that conversation and long story short we got enough votes and we had african-american history in haines city high school for several years later it was cut because they said funding but i was not going to be denied because i was sick and tired of some of my friends who may not have been in the honors or gifted or ap classes um, being labeled as bad kids um, and i figured we could change that if they really understood where they came from and we did see a change that's incredible man that that that's so that's so um powerful that you can be able to use your 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 platform right of being a being a tremendous student and, mm -hmm. and asking those questions and then also having somebody that that um that gave you encouragement right that yes that teacher and like hey yep. you ask any questions here's what here's the next step yep and you had that you know you had that in you yeah i think it just comes from you know again my grandparents and my mom my entire family right it's it's about community and enabling all of us to be successful and finding a way and you know if if there's something that's impacting one part of our community then at at the end of the day it impacts all of us in some form or fashion mm, absolutely when so when you think back on your experiences growing up what really shaped who you are like what stands out for you as a defining moment 
Absolutely. Everything that I just articulated in terms of some of the biggest influences in my life, they truly shaped me into who I am for certain. Um, I do want to also articulate another um, amazing couple that truly transformed my life and, and through that relationship um, created several defining moments. I was so fortunate as a young person to have had the amazing experience of working for one of the most successful African-American couples in Florida. And this was back gosh, I'm going to date myself, um, in the late 80s, early 90s. They owned the highest grossing KFC franchises in the state of Florida. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Tinsley. I mean, just a tremendous couple. Um, Mr. Tinsley was just a phenomenal person, um, played professional basketball in the ABA, the, um, the predecessor to the NBA, very close to Dr. J and some of the greats that we know, they played together. We just loved Mr. Tinsley. Um, he brought that, that team, that camaraderie um, to the organization. And Mrs. Tinsley, oh my gosh, just phenomenal. Um, how do I say? Phenomenal business mind, um, a love for people as well. You know, her family were entrepreneurs and business owners. And so to be able to work with those two leaders, um, Mr. and Mrs. Tinsley gave me another pair of shoes, so to speak, that would forever change my life. Through my experiences of working at KFC, they taught me how to dream big, how to be a leader, the importance of customer obsession, the value of a strong work ethic in fast food, and how to problem solve, all while selling some finger-licking good. And who doesn't love KFC, right? <laughs> all right. Show you right. <laughs> yeah. The Tinsleys, they believed in me, Alex. They invested in me. And they made certain I had every opportunity to develop as a leader in their organization. So much so that by the time I was a senior in high school, I was an assistant manager working 30 plus hours a week as a full-time high school student. Assistant, hold on, assistant manager. Yes. Senior in high yes. school. Wow. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. And I started there at the age of 14 as a lobby hostess. Um, I was the youngest assistant manager in the franchise. Um, and, and again, when I talk about a couple that pours into every employee, that's what they did. You know, we sold chicken, but they were building leaders. They were building and cultivating the next generation of leaders. And to this day, um, they, they even gave us scholarship to, to go to college. They invested in us from the moment we set foot on in their restaurant to the moment that we left. They have raised so many leaders through that organization. To this day, the Tinsleys, they're my family. Um, you know, they're, they're huge influencers in my life. And so they really helped to shape me as a person, as a leader. So that was one of the defining moments. The four years that I worked at KFC truly changed my life and established a foundation for me that I still build on today. Oh, that's, that's powerful. So you talk about like building leaders, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so you learned that from, from the Tinsleys. Do you, do yes. you, uh, you know, kind of pay it forward in your, in your career now, like building, Absolutely. building those leaders? Absolutely. You know, I have been so fortunate and just so, how do I say, fortunate to have had so many people come alongside of me and grab my hand and say, let me show you the way or say, hey, here's an opportunity. And so I, I absolutely pay it forward. Um, I have to, um, you know, when we talk about really um, giving other folks the same opportunities that you have, I mean, we can go back to, you know, the folks in the 60s and 70s who paved the way for you and I to have the opportunities that we've had. And so it is um, a responsibility for me to give back. I mean, even as I've transitioned companies, I still get a lot of people reaching out that, you know, from my former employer, but also people that I've met over the years um, saying, hey, Lynn, I'd love to get some, some time with you. Actually, you know, because of the podcast, I, I have a lot of people that reach out to me that I don't even know um, and say, hey, I found your podcast. I love it. Would you be willing to have a 15 minute, you know, 30 minute mentoring conversation? And the answer is yes. I don't have to know them. But if I have, you know, through my experiences, I've been blessed tremendously with people who, who have, um, you know, willingly um, given up their time, their talents, their resources to enable me. And so it's a, it's a requirement to pay it forward the way I look at it. It's a must. Mm, I love that. I love that. Uh, talk a little bit about your journey to becoming a VP in the high tech industry. <laughs> I know, I know you can go, I mean, th this can be a whole nother podcast, 
But, um, you know, I, I, I just love listening to stories and on like, how did that start? And you was doing something else, right? As a teacher. Yeah. And so, you know, I've had um, a couple of twists and turns, all have been amazing. But to your point, you know, my journey to becoming a vice president in the high tech industry, truth be told, started back at KFC. When I first learned how to say yes to opportunity that would grow and stretch me well beyond my comfort zone. The Tinsley saw me as a leader that could run a franchise by myself, even as a senior in high school, as I said, and they sponsored me into an opportunity and enabled me to be successful. And so my career journey has really been about capturing opportunities as they presented themselves and pushing through any fear or doubt that I may have and leveraging relationships. You talk a little bit about, you know, you talk a little bit about my having been a teacher. And, and that again was an opportunity that was presented to me, something I never thought I would do, but was one of the most amazing experiences that I could have ever had. You know, my squad, my team, Lakeisha, as I call them, they always help me build out an action plan for success. And they support me in all aspects of navigating every step of my journey. And so even the journey to becoming a teacher, it was a friend of mine that said, hey, listen, I know you love education. I know you love kids. I know you love to give back. Have you considered speak? Have you considered becoming a teacher? And I said, well, no, I haven't. And they said, well, maybe that's a great opportunity for you. And so they mentioned to me that there was a career fair happening in Austin, Texas. And I said, okay, I'll just go. I'd made a connection with the principal at a local high school, and she said, hey, come on over. I'd love to connect with you as you're there. And I stopped by to have a conversation with her. She was sitting next to an assistant principal that was not so nice to me, but that's all good. Because in her effort to really try to qualify why I would be an engineer and be interested in education and questioning my reasons for, for even being there, there were a couple African-American principals who heard this conversation and said, hey, come over here. You know, we hear you have an engineering background and you know, we may have a couple math positions coming available in the next few weeks. Would you be interested in having a conversation? And I said, absolutely. And long story short, I followed up with them as they asked me to. One didn't have a role, the other one did. And he said, come in tomorrow and let's have a conversation. We had a conversation and I became a teacher the same day. Wow. <laughs> So it, it really, Alex, hasn't been about a master plan, so to speak. Mm -hmm. In my career, as we talked about, I've had some amazing opportunities, including the time that I spent at Intel. I want to share a story about my first manager at Intel. She was affectionately called Pete, and she was simply amazing. She told me two very important things when I started, Alex. She said, Lakeisha, here are the expectations for your job, and, and I want you to knock it out of the park. The second thing she told me was the most important thing that you could do besides delivering your role is to build a network at Intel. She gave me a list of people in her network to meet immediately. And she even sent personal notes of introductions to start the dialogue. She said my success or failure at Intel wouldn't be about whether or not I could do the job. She said, I have no doubt that you can do that, but it's going to be based on your ability to navigate this complex landscape called Intel. And that's exactly what I did. I went off to build a network as she instructed me to do. And, and, and that, those folks that, that she introduced me to became the core of what I call my personal board of advisors, my team, Akisha, my squad. You know, there's, there's a lot of different names that we can call it. But Pete was also a huge believer in career development. And she had frequent career development conversations with, with each of her team members. Within six months of being in her team, and my last one-on-one -on -one that I had with her, she told me that she believed that I should become a chief of staff and a technical assistant to one of Intel's management committee members, also known as MCM. Essentially, it, it's the C-suite of the company. Okay. She said, I know you don't know what either of those, she said to me, I know you don't know what either, either of those are, but don't worry. I had no idea what a chief of staff and technical assistant was, and I had no idea what MCM meant. <laughs> Um, but she said, I believe you'll be great in the role. And the other key thing that she said is, I'm going to help you get there. She said, I believe you can be Intel's next rock star, and I want to make that happen. Alex, I tell you, I will never forget how she made me feel that day, how she made me believe in myself. And I, and you know, I'm not ashamed to say I was in tears because at that point I realized, you know, this was an example of what a true partner. And, and career development looks like. Unfortunately, the next day, 
she passed away. Oh my goodness. The next day, um, we lost her in a plane crash. Oh. That, your response is exactly how I felt. I felt like I was a ship without an anchor at that point. Mm. I had moved from Florida to come work for her. Um, she was really the North Star for me. I just felt like I would have an amazing opportunity. And so in six months of partnering with her, we lost her very tragically. But what she did for me reminds me that we never know the impact we can have on someone when we're willing to believe in them and tell them so. And that's what she did for me. I did achieve the vision she had for me. As she predicted, I became the chief of staff and technical assistant to the CTO of Intel. And then I served in the same capacity a few years later for the CEO of Intel. Again, she planted a seed, a dream, and a vision that she believed I could accomplish. And every day, you know, I really live my life on purpose um, to honor her and so many other people that created pathways and opportunities for me. So I will always remember Pete, her influence, her impact, and her leadership in my life. Wow. That is something. Yeah. So yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, was she part of like that, like you said, team Lakeisha, like part of like your board of directors? Yeah, she so was. I absolutely adored her. I, mm -hmm. you know, as we're talking about her now, it's, it's just, it's making me even more, you know, emotional because it was a joy to work for her. It was a joy. I mean, every day she said, Keisha, you and I, we're going to, you know, we're going to achieve these goals together. Um, and her leadership, our director, our vice president at the time, we were a true team, you know, much like you talked about um, in your football career, when everybody knows their role and their position and we know what each person is responsible for and we lean in and we help. I mean, there's no greater feeling. And we had a, a big, hairy, audacious goal of really transforming the validation engineering um, organization within Intel, specifically for some of the tools we were developing to validate Intel's processors. And we had every leader leaning in and supporting us. And, and Pete was no different. She was the biggest cheerleader for the entire organization, the entire team. Um, just a beautiful, you know, she was super petite, country girl, you know, red hair, loved, mm -hmm. I mean, just perfect. And she was super badass in the sense that she had her own private plane and she flew it to work often. Mm -hmm. So she was just everything. And she absolutely was part of Team Lakeisha. And she said, I'm gonna enable you, I'm gonna do for you what I, someone did for me. We're gonna help you build that network at Intel so that you can be successful. You have to make this monstrosity a very a small community, like a family for you. And once you do that, you know, the sky is really the limit. Um, because not only would you be partnering with others, but they'll be partnering with you. It was a mutual admiration society and it was, a an organization where I wanted you to be successful more than I wanted to be successful. Alex, that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And when you have that, you can't help but be successful. And our entire organization was. She had a dream and vision for us being the, the, the standard for functional validation within all of Intel. And we achieved that in three and a half years. That was her goal. That was her vision. And the entire team said, we will make it happen. And we did. Mm. That's something. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, what was your thought pattern surrounding like, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, number one, being a woman and a successful black woman in corporate America? And, you know, I already know, but I want my listeners to hear like, because you told me like how you enter a room and what you've been taught by your, your mother and your grandmother. Um, can you can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, you know, when you talk about climbing the corporate ladder and, and being an African-American woman in an environment where you are, are a true minority, you know, I needed to first ask myself, did I want to climb the corporate ladder? Because I know climbing is slow and falling is fast. And you you need to, you know, my view is everyone will need to understand what each person has to invest in the climb 
And will it give you the ROI, the return on investment that you want? Not just professionally, but personally. And so for me, the way I was raised is that when you endeavor anything, you endeavor to do it in excellence because how you show up is a reflection of your family in a sense. And so to your point, kind of growing up in a small town, I know that when I walked out of my grandparents' home or my mom's home, I was representing the name, the brand. And, and, and that brand carried a lot of weight. If you said my grandparents' name, they're like, oh, you know, you're Mayfield's granddaughter. Oh, or you're Miss Johnny May's granddaughter. Oh, you're Barbara's daughter. Oh, you're um, Tommy's niece. And so everywhere I went, I really carried the brand of my family. So I always made certain to be a good representation of our values and how we showed up in the community. And so I took that, you know, I take that with me in everything that I do. And so in corporate America, everything that you do from an email to a presentation, to how you show up in the community, all those things really speak to a brand that you're cultivating. And so, you know, working for Intel and, and now for Microsoft, it's not just Lakeisha, it's Lakeisha who, who works for Microsoft. And so I always ask myself, am I a good reflection of Microsoft's culture, of Microsoft's brand? And also too, as a leader, recognizing that I am, you know, a minority in a predominantly, you know, majority environment. And I know that I have, I, I must show up in a way that demonstrates excellence in all that I do. So that means I prepare. If, if, I'm, if I have a presentation to give, I've done my due diligence. I know who the stakeholders are in the room. I understand their views, their lenses on certain, on these issues. And I may even call a friend and say, hey, listen, I've got a presentation with Bob, so to speak. And you know, here's what I, what I want to be able to accomplish. Can I, can I walk through this presentation with you? Can you ask me some questions that you think he or she may ask, you, ask me to be prepared? Um, a case in point, when I was interviewing for the job to become the chief of staff and technical assistant to the, the former CEO of Intel, um, my best friend said, okay, let's talk through this. My best friend said, what if you're asked this? You know, what if you're asked this question? What if you're asked that question? How are you gonna respond? And she might say, well, I'm not quite sure that's the response you wanna give. So it's really about practice and preparation. And I know you get that having been an NFL football player, you have to run the plays over and over and over again till you perfect them or get close to perfection, right? That's right, that's right. <laughs> and, and so anytime I show up in any situation, no matter what it is, I have done enough due diligence where as I feel I walk into the room, I can handle, I'd say 95% of what may come my way. There may be a few surprises, but I'm prepared. And that pre preparation allows me to feel confident about being successful and whatever, whatever I'm about to undertake. And so it really goes back to something another one of my mentors and sponsors taught me at Intel. He said, Lakeisha, in order for you to be successful um, in, in anything that you endeavor, you always want to bring an X factor because that X factor is what's going to differentiate you. So I learned about the power of having an X factor. And the X factor is defined, uh, or the way that, the way that, that we define it is, 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 is focus. Being focused on what the task is at hand and mastering it. It's about being adaptable. In any environment, I mean, as an athlete, you know all about adaptability and flexibility, being able to pivot, being able to make the necessary adjustments that you need to be successful. It's about communication, being excellent in your communications, and the team, always about the team. It's not about me, it's about we. It's having an optimistic mindset. Um, and again, I think as engineers, I have to embrace problem solving. I have to be a glass half full person because you got to solve a problem and you have to come in with the right mindset that we're going to figure out a way no matter what. And it's about resilience, never ever giving up. And so those are the things that have helped me successfully navigate the, the corporate environment in a way that has allowed me to achieve the things that I've put forth for myself.
Oh, I love this. So focused, adaptable, communication, team first, optimistic mindset, and resilience. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking notes. So is that, I mean, I'm going to tell you, this is uh, this taking me back to my old football days, Lakeisha. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I told you this. You would make a fantastic <laughs> pro football head coach. Let me tell no you. No way. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love football. Now, I, I think you're, you're being very kind right now, Alex. But I'm listen, any you. opportunity to get on the field with you guys, call me. I will be there. <laughs> but I mean, to your point, I mean, we all look at these areas of our lives and, and we have to ask ourselves, and it's kind of what you said before, are we committed to excellence? And I was raised to be committed to excellence in a good way. You know, not mm -hmm. perfection, but excellence. And my view is if, you know, if we're not, we have to stop and then, then begin to strengthen our X factor and then you can begin to climb again. And so that, that's my view. I'm always trying to strengthen those things we just talked about, Alex. Um, it's a muscle. Yeah. Right. And you want to build it. You want to make it stronger. Oh, I love it. So, and, and folks, let me tell you something. When she says, like, talking about being prepared, Lakeisha gunter is prepared <laughs> i was uh, i was on her podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago on the roar podcast and she Yay. sent me over oh yes yeah we're gonna talk a little bit more about that um later but uh but she sent me over like what we were going to talk about the questions and the the uh you know how everything was structured like this was like it took me back to high school when I, my study exam and I was like, okay, she is prepared. <laughs> she is prepared. And so it just got me, you know, it got my senses, my senses heightened as well. Mm -hmm. So when she's talking about being prepared, oh yes, yes, I can definitely <laughs> see that. So, so let me ask you, like, how do you, and I know this is a broad question, but uh -huh. I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. How do you, how do you structure your life? Excellent question. You know, I, and I think you would resonate with this, this comment, and I'm not quite sure where I where I heard it from, but structure yields results. You know, and I've always heard that, and so I've created structure in my life. There's room for fun, of course, because I'm, I'm actually, people don't realize this, but I'm really kind of goofy. I love to laugh. I love to have fun. But for me, the structure starts in the day. Um, I get up, I leverage the early morning hours for meditation and prayer um, and, and a bit of reading. Um, and I, I start my day with some, some upbeat music to get myself in the zone to, to start my day. And so that's the most important thing. Obviously I work, I work a full-time job and I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. I love the opportunity that we have to um, deliver technology that, that impacts people's lives. And I also make sure that I carve out time for exercise. I haven't always done that, but it's important for your health and your mental well-being to carve out time for, for yourself and exercise is good for the body. I also spend a lot of time in organizations that, that allow me to, to serve and to impact people in some form or fashion, whether it's my sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, um, another, um, you know, organization called the Links, um, where we're linked in friendship and we're serving our community, whether it's volunteering on, on nonprofit boards or, or through my church. Those are things that give me energy because it allows me to connect with others um, and, and really enjoy learning from them. So that's kind of how I structure my life. And family is first. Um, mm -hmm. Well, actually, my faith is first. Um, my family is second my work um, and my service you know those are things that are really important to me and of course there's some fun in there too so we get into the podcast and um with my podcast we always have this blitz period yeah. so blitz period in the uh you know in the football world i'm going to ask you a lot of questions i'm not okay. going to ask you a lot i'm just i'll take that back they're not going to be a whole bunch there's just four but they're okay. quick just like in a blitz in football so All right, I'm ready. Of, yeah, you just fire off. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm getting ready for my coaching debut, Alex. I got this. <laughs> All right, I got you. Yes. Um, so what's your what's a book uh, that you're reading now? Absolutely. So the 
the book that I'm reading right now, I'm reading a couple, but I'll just share one, is your first 100 days in a new executive job. You know, I just transitioned um, from Intel to Microsoft. And obviously, again, it goes back to preparation. And so I am still within my first 100 days. And so I'm, you know, going back, I've had that book before. Um, every time I transition to a new job, inside a company or outside, I'll go back to the book, um, The First 90 Days, as well as this book, The First 100 Days. So again, to prepare for success. That's right, I love it. Uh, how do you relax? Yeah, so family, friends, and fun. Um, you know, quality time with, with those folks, um, you know, family, friends, my sorority sisters, or, you know, college classmates, uh, folks that I've just met over the years, coworkers, and I really love to travel. Obviously, we can't do that right now, um, given the current environment, but I love to travel. So those are things that I do to relax. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite Netflix show? One of my favorite shows, and I can't wait till it comes back on, it's called Money Heist. I don't know if you've seen it, but oh, it is amazing. Goodness. Do you, you like Money what? Heist? No, but, but hold on. I'd say no. I just, you're the second person, because I asked this question, you're the second person in a row that has answered and said money heist oh. and talk about netflix show so that's two for two i'm all right i'm putting that in the uh i'm putting that in the bin that's what we're oh, going to be watching you're going to love it you're going to love it all right, money heist all right cool um okay so knowing what you know now and this can be about leadership this can mm -hmm. be about yourself but knowing what you know now what would you tell your 22 year old self yeah, you know, I would say face your fears. Do it afraid. Fear less things. Um, you know, don't let fear consume you. Um, act in the face of fear. I would say pursue your dreams and ambitions. Go for it um, with an all-out, you know, abandon to just pursue what your heart's desire is. I would also say become the hero, become the winner that you're destined to be. Um, we all have greatness inside of us. We just need to release it cultivate it and allow folks to, to really come alongside of us to help us reach whatever that destination is. But that's what I would say. Oh, that's, this is beautiful. Any, any strategies to help my listeners, like any other points, as I want to make sure I scraped the plate, I got you here. <laughs> is there anything you else I'm funny. missing now? Anything, any other tips or strategies you can, you know, let my listeners in on? Yeah, you know, I would just say, and, and actually, I'm just going to repeat something that one of my friends and podcast guests, Vicki Mueller Espinosa, said before. We have to make certain that we build meaningful connections. She talked about career development being a team sport. And so the point I'm going to make is relationships are critical when you're looking to achieve anything in life, no matter what it is. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. My view is, you know, strong teams are built together with others. At the end of the day, my encouragement is it's really about building that, that personal board of advisors, that personal board of directors, of people that can unconditionally love on you, but constructively tell you the truth and really push you to be the best that you can be. So I would say it's important that you identify that team quickly. Um, allow them to lend you their credibility, their brand, their network, their resources, their wisdom. That's what my team has done for me and they continue to do that. The relational capital that you can create will accelerate your success. And to your point we talked about earlier, I believe I have a true responsibility for being that capital for others as well. So just remember, it's not meant for you to do whatever you're trying to accomplish alone. You, you need to leverage others and that's where the power is. Mm -hmm. Lakeisha, how can my listeners get more of you? <laughs> how can they get more of you? Well, you know, to your point earlier, I am excited. I mean, you and I are just having the time of our lives with our podcast. It's just so amazing. Um, to be able to connect and learn from so many others. And so I would say I would love for them to, you know, take a listen to the podcast. If they have more time, tune into the Roar podcast and really hear from some amazing leaders, including yourself, 
and, and really learn um, success tips and recipes and, you know, on how to achieve whatever it is you're looking to do in life. Um, the, the, the amount of wisdom that, you know, drips from my guests, it's just, it's so much. And so I would just encourage them to, to tune in on their favorite podcast player to the War Podcast, and um, hopefully they will um, be inspired um, and encouraged. And uh, I love for them to be a part of the Roar community. Absolutely. Um, what about social media? Are you on social media? Can they? Absolutely. So LinkedIn, um, Lakeisha Gunter, Twitter, Lakeisha Gunter, Facebook, uh, Roar with Lakeisha or Lakeisha Gunter, and of course the Roar Podcast. Um, you can reach out to me through any of those connections. Um, I always respond to LinkedIn emails or requests. So it will be my pleasure to connect with uh, your listeners there. And again, uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a blast chatting with you. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Lakeisha, thank you so much. You've dropped some golden nuggets. Um, it's always a pleasure to, you know, to chat with you and, and to hear some of your, your ideas and, and, and it, you know, the things that you've learned over the years. And as you know, you inspire me and uh, oh, I know you're going to you inspire, so I know you're going to inspire a lot of other people after hearing this. So thank you for being a guest on the shark effect. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the shark effect podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version or you can get it on kindle and who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to transition what whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever if you're looking to transition into something different this book can help you I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure, check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.